And welcome on in to the latest edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. He is George Bremer. I am Ryan Hickey. It is Thanksgiving week, George. Hopefully the bye was fun, but it's time to get the second half of the season kicked off. One quick programming note for this week because it's a holiday week, so our schedule is a little bit different than normal. We are recording this on our normal recording day, Tuesday morning, but because it's the holiday, George, we figured, you know what, let's just... No, we're not going to be recording on Thanksgiving. That's for sure. The turkey is not going to wait for us to uh, preview the Colts-Bucks game. So you're actually going to do two pods on Tuesday and release both of them on Tuesday afternoon. So you're going to hear me and George kind of preview the game a little bit. Um, coming up on Sunday, we're also going to have Scott Reynolds of Pewter Report in a separate podcast um, to get his thoughts on this matchup. That will also be released usually on Thursdays for a game week, normal game week. This week it will be on Tuesday. So if you're traveling – on Wednesday, if you're traveling on Thursday, if you're traveling back home on Friday or going out to the stores for some old school Black Friday shopping, which I guess no one really does anymore, right? Everyone's doing it online. So I guess the, the days of lining up at like 6 a.m. outside of Target are over. Uh, but in case you are doing that, hey, you have something to listen to on the drive. So Blue Horseshoe Podcast recorded early this week to get it out for you whenever you are ready to listen, to get ready for Sunday's game. George, the bye week came and gone. I feel like it just blinked and it's over, but here we are home stretch here. Just like we thought when the season started big second half push starting right now. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, all along look at this and said this last seven weeks is going to determine everything about this season. Right. Right. From the draft way back in April. Um, one thing that, that seems obvious is, you know, the AFC is wide open. I mean, the, the bye week taught us anything. It's that, uh, there is no dominant team out there in this conference. And I think uh, as we sit here recording right now, I think 11 teams have five losses or less in the league. It's a crazy number. And there's two or three more with six. So um, still big swings, you know, wins and, and losses. You can you can make a big move uh, week to week in this conference. And I think that's going to make for a lot of interesting, you know, podcasts over, over this last uh, seven weeks because you know the overreactions both ways are, are going to be real easy right now because you know win and then all of a sudden you're the four seed lose the next week and you're out it's going to be that kind of a situation I think you know for especially those last three spots those wild card spots right now are wide open there's about what five or six teams fighting for those three spots legitimately uh, and anybody could, it could shake out in, in any way. It really could. And that leads you to this first point of the pod, George, and that's this. Last week, we talked about expectations of final seven games. We gave our preview for the final home stretch. So if you missed that, check it out wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, Blue Horseshoe Podcast, really just kind of an overall state of the Colts here as we kind of were looking ahead to this final seven game push. Last week, we both said, George, Colts are not making the playoffs. After doing a lot of research, George, after taking the bye week to consume a lot of AFC-specific football, I got to sit here one week later, George, and say I am wrong. I am changing my prediction. I think right now the Colts are making the playoffs. Lock it up. They are getting the seventh seed. Here is why. It's more, honestly, about the rest of the league than it's the Colts. Like The, the schedule is very manageable, and we'll get to that here in a second. And it's going to be a lot on Gardner Minshew to see if he can really kind of carry this team when he has opportunities to – but if you look around the rest of the AFC, I think right now we could say six of the seven playoff spots are locked in. 
Ravens are making the playoffs. Chiefs, despite their loss of Monday night, are making the playoffs. Jaguars, I think, are going to make the playoffs either as division winners or as a wild card. Dolphins are making the playoffs. I think the Browns right now at 7-3, and three, with even though Dorian Thompson-Robinson is their quarterback, not Deshaun Watson, at 7-3, and three, I think the Browns are making the playoffs. And I think the Texans are making the playoffs at 6-4. and four. I think whether they – and they play Jacksonville this weekend, a big game – uh, in the division to see who gets the number one seed or who gets the, the top billing right now in the AFC South. But I think however it shakes out, Houston wins the division, Jacksonville wins the division. I think both teams are making it. And so those six spots in some order, I think will be the six teams right now in the playoffs. And then you look at the seventh and final seed. It is between the Pittsburgh Steelers, who on Tuesday morning just fired their offense coordinator, Matt Canada, who are a disaster on offense. Also, the Colts are going to play them at home in a few weeks. So you have that, you know, you've got a tiebreaker there. You really, um, going forward here, really got things set up in your favor. You got the Buffalo Bills, who have a killer, killer schedule, who the next just two games alone play the Eagles and the Chiefs. Really tough right now for Buffalo. And then behind you, you got the Broncos, Bengals, which the Colts again now are playing in a few weeks without Joe Burrow, and the Raiders at five and six. A lot of the teams, either directly above you or below you, you are playing. And a lot of these teams, even if you're not playing them in the case of the Bills, they have a brutal schedule. I just don't think they're going to be sitting there at 10 and 7. I think for the Bills, honestly, it's going to be like 8 and 9 um, with that killer schedule. You look around, George, I just don't have any, honestly, faith right now. The Steelers can't do it. And the Broncos can't do it. And the Bills can't do it. And the Raiders can't do it. I got no choice. It's the Colts. It is the Colts. I mean, this is how the plays out. I mean, uh, you're looking at, like we were talking about, you know, really interesting race. Can Houston keep this up? I mean, every week you wonder, and, and every week they get it done. They had a scare against Cardinals this time around, but they came out on the right side of it. So, you know, they're sitting there now at six and four. Uh, Got to be feeling really good through 10 weeks about where they're at. And D'Amico Ryan's looking like a really strong coach of the year candidate. I think at this point, C.J. Stroud has won the offensive rookie of the year. I don't know what anybody else is going to be able to do to to surpass him there. Uh, he's getting the MVP conversation. Forget about just rookie of the year. I mean, he's he's going you know for the big fish right now. Um, so I think Houston's in a really good spot. Cleveland's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, ugly, ugly win against Pittsburgh. But again, you survive. And I think in this conference right now, that's everything. Um, if you just survive in advance, you know, that that's what the AFC is all about. Uh, and at seven and three, they've got to really collapse. I mean, they could win what three more games the rest of the way and, and still probably feel pretty safe about their chances. So, um, yeah, I think they, they would really have to fall apart. And that defense has looked outstanding. And Miles Garrett is also in the MVP conversation, yes, uh, as, as a likely defensive player of the year. So, um, you know, they're I, both those teams, I think, have really good arguments for, for sticking around and possibly winning their divisions, uh, but certainly getting wild card, you know, slots locked up. The one team I think that's outside the playoffs right now that, that I really have an eye on is Denver. And they've just caught fire lately. Um, you saw it again, you know, their most recent game with Russell Wilson throwing a touchdown pass there right at the end. And, uh, you know, surviving against Minnesota, who's also pretty hot right now. They're the one that I think the Colts probably have to worry about the most in that group. Buffalo's probably the most talented team of all those remaining. But as you said, their schedule, they didn't take care of business early in the year. 
And now their schedule is extremely difficult moving forward. So if they get in, hats off to them because they're going to have to really uh, play some outstanding football. And I also wonder how the late bye week affects them. A little last year, that was one of the many things that was tough on the Colts. You know, you're so banged up by the time you finally get to the bye week that I don't know if it does you as much good. You know, when you're in the week 14 kind of area, really, really hard, I think, to to bounce back from, from that. We'll see how the Bills are able to handle that. And the Colts, you just got to get more consistent. I think that's the biggest issue. Uh, all these teams is going to be consistency, but the Colts in particular, I think the biggest issue for them is just being, you know, the same team from week to week. And we really haven't seen that throughout the year. Uh, big roller coaster, you know, some of that's been injuries. Some of it's been other suspensions and, and things like that, that have caused them to change the lineup and change the way they play. But now I think you, you what 10 games in 11 weeks in they need to establish an identity and and you know be able to have like a baseline performance uh that they can replicate here over the last seven weeks that is for sure right and that's one of the reasons why last week we we're talking about this team in the playoff push it does come down to that c word consistency in the last few weeks they've been consistently bad offensively now consistently good defensively which is the reason why they beat the panthers and they beat the Patriots. But one of the reasons, George, for my optimism is if you look at the schedule, the final seven games of this season, I would argue right now the Colts have the quarterback advantage in five of the last seven games. I think right now I would say this weekend I would still take Baker Mayfield. Closer, um, but I think Baker still has the edge over Gardner Minshew, and I think the Texans right now clearly have the quarterback advantage over Gardner Minshew and the Colts. But you look at the rest of the schedule, right? You got Will Levis and the Titans next week on the road. Will Levis, two touchdowns, two picks the last three games. Ever since he started off hot with that four-touchdown performance against, it was a Falcons, his first ever start, he's come down to earth, been sub-60% completion uh, percentage on this season, so he's been erratic. And again, not throwing touchdown passes every single time he drops back like he did against the Falcons in that uh, start number one. No Joe Burrow for the Bengals. It's going to be Jake Browning, who has 15 career pass attempts to his name going into this week. Steelers, again, you just fired Matt Canada. Kenny Pickett stinks. Second worst passing attack in all of the league. And they're barely getting to 17 points a game. It's been very ugly for the Steelers offensively. The Falcons are going back to Desmond Ritter after initially benching him a few weeks ago. He has 10 total touchdowns, George. 12 turnovers. Six picks. Six fumbles. Reason why he got benched in the first place, he can't hold on to the ball. That's been a problem for Ritter. Now they're going back to Desmond for this home stretch here. That's one where he has not been consistent. And, well, actually, that's not true. He has been consistent. Consistently giving the ball away. And that's part of the reason why he got benched in the first place. But now he is back for Atlanta. And then the Raiders with uh, Aiden O'Connell, three touchdowns, six interceptions so far in his season. He has thrown a pick in four out of the five games he's played in. Like, you look at right now just the quarterbacks on this schedule coming up here. I think the first game of this stretch, the Buccaneers, the last game against the Texans, I would say that the Colts don't have the advantage. The other five games sandwiched in between, I think if you had a draft and said, who would you rather have on your team, you're taking Gardner Minshew over any of those other five quarterbacks that you're playing. And so that should – if you have the quarterback advantage, George, you have to take advantage of that if you're the Colts here – and win a lot of these games. Yeah, that's where we differ. Like, 
I, I do agree that on paper he's he's the better quarterback in, in those matchups, but I just haven't seen enough to to think he's gonna take advantage. And that's why Sunday is such a huge game for the Colts in so many ways, is he's gotta prove that that he can go out there and make plays. And I just haven't seen it. You know, maybe I'm maybe it's recency bias and maybe the last two weeks are are lingering too much in my mind right now. Um but it, that's why I still am in down on on the team's playoff chances because the schedule's there, the opportunity is absolutely there. There's no question about it. Uh, you just laid out the the quarterback situation. Baker Mayfield is by far the second best quarterback they're going to face over the next seven weeks. Um, and really, by the time you get to C.J. Shroud, your business may be taken care of. I mean, if you are able to to really feast on those five games in between Mayfield and, and Shroud. You know, that that game may not mean much aside from seeding, depending on how everything else uh, shakes out. But if you go into that that week at 10 and six, you're probably either clinched or having a a really simple scenario where like maybe one other team has to lose that week uh, for you to get in. But right now, I think the key to this team and I think the the critical part of those five quarterbacks between. Mayfield and Stroud is a defense. You saw them step up and shut down two bad offenses the last two weeks. If they can continue to do that, I think that's that's the most critical thing for this game going forward. Colts formula for me over the last seven weeks, play outstanding defense, take advantage of the quarterbacks you're playing, and run the ball. I think if they do those two things, they shorten games, and they don't ask too much of Minshew, and he's able to make the plays when they're there, they've got a shot. Uh, right now, based on that New England game, and again, recency bias, I'm not sure how confident I feel in their ability to do that. But again, that's why Saturday, Sunday to me becomes really, really, really intriguing. I think Sunday is going to determine how these next seven games go. Like if the Colts win, I feel obviously very good about my playoff prediction. If they lose, George, I think I'm going to call the season over. Like if you like, if you look at it, like not to be like hyperbolic here or just kind of be over the top but if you really look at what is going on right now for the Colts in their favor why Sunday's game is so important you're coming off the bye so you are well rested and you have time if you're Shane Sykin to really digest the uh Buccaneers defense and see how you can take advantage especially in the passing game we'll talk to Scott Pewter here in our next podcast behind enemy lines but that Buccaneer secondary stinks they're one of the worst in the league so you have to take advantage of that and you and now, if you're Shane Sykin, have two weeks of game plan and figure out how to get Gardner Minshew back on track. The Buccaneers are coming off a loss to the 49ers. They're in San Francisco. So, again, you played on Sunday, but still, it's a long flight home. You're tired. Now you're going back on the road as well. If you're the Colts, you're at home. You're rested. You are healthier. Put that in air quotes because no one got hurt last week. Um, this is, And, again, you're playing against – you're going against a bad secondary. You're going to need Gardner Minshew to play well in order to win games. You, you, you can't go like Jonathan Taylor in 2021, feed him 40 times a game, have him go for 185 yards and expect to win every single game, ground and pound. You need Gardner Minshew to play well. And this is a game where if he can't play well against one of the worst passing secondaries in all the NFL, George, then I, I don't see how you can really believe in this team going forward that he'll turn it around against the Titans or against the Steelers or against the Bengals. This is a game where it is catered for you to win at home. Find a way to do it. If you can, obviously right now you got a step in the right direction. If you can't, George, that's where I think it's it's time to wave the white flag on the season. Yeah, I mean, just to further that point, as far as 
uh, you know, the matchup goes, Tampa Bay is sixth against the run, too. So it's not really a great idea to try to give John Taylor 40 carries in that game. They need Gardner Minshew to step up. Uh, for me, I'm looking more at the AFC games. I mean, you got five of these last seven are against AFC opponents. So those, to me, are the critical games. They're all going to be tiebreakers, whether because they're head-to-head, like the Steelers, the, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Texans, or even the Titans end up in that. If you get into three-way ties or you get into uh, where there isn't a head-to-head advantage, the conference record is is the next thing. So you win those five games, not only do you get to 10 wins, but you're probably going to be sitting pretty good in, in most of the tiebreaker scenarios as well. So for me, if they can win those five games, and it's a big if, if they can win those five games against the AFC, I think they're in no matter what happens against Tampa Bay or Atlanta. That's why I don't feel like the Tampa game is, is a must win in that regard. But I think everything you just laid out is going to tell you a lot about the Colts' ability to win those five games uh, because you've got to have – if nothing else, they've got to have a big performance from Gardner Minshew on Sunday. Like you said, 31st ranked pass defense in the league right now. Uh, the Bucks have been on a terrible streak. They had an early bye after week four or week five. They were three and one going into that bye. They've lost five of their last six games. Um, this is we've seen the Colts, you know, be a get right game for New Orleans. Uh, they were somewhat of a get-right game for Cleveland. I mean, they definitely have helped Cleveland on this path to be in seven and three. And you know, right now, a half game out of the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, the Colts cannot be a get-right game for Tampa Bay on on Sunday. And I think a lot of that comes down to Gardner Minshew. Can he? You know, is Josh Downs healthy after a bye week? You would hope so. That need you know a little bit better shape. Uh, can you get Michael Pittman, the big plays? We've seen him get involved with catches. Can you get bigger plays? Can you have a bigger yards per completion uh, with him? And then, you know, this is definitely the week to get Alec Pierce involved. We say that every week. You've got the 31st <laughs> ranked pass defense in the NFL. If he doesn't get involved on Sunday, maybe he's take the rest of the year off. That's fair. Yeah, if you're Alec Pierce, like it. If you don't get the and the thing with him is it's not like he's he's just stinking, right? He's not catching the ball, not getting open. Anytime he's getting the ball, he's making plays. The issue is he's getting the ball once or twice a game, and that's it. And even even if he makes a play, it's still not good enough to garner another target, let alone opportunity to make a play. It does not make any sense. But that's why, like this is to your point, like you got to take advantage and you got to play well in this game. Because the areas you have struggled in are the areas right now the Buccaneers are really struggling in. And if you can't take advantage, it's like there's no reason to feel confident moving forward here. Especially when you look at the Bucs are a very blitz-heavy team. We'll talk to Scott about this. They blitz the second most amount in terms of blitz percentage um, in the NFL. But they don't get home a lot. But they blitz a ton, but their pressure rate is like middle of the league. So, again, for Gardner Minshew, this is, has to be a week, George. We talked about it after the, the Patriots game where he was seeing ghosts. He had happy feet. However, you know, whatever you want to – whatever phrase you want to use to describe it, he unnecessarily, almost any time he dropped back, backpedaled further than he should have, left the pocket earlier than he should have. The Buccaneers are going to try to take advantage of that, and they're going to pressure the crap out of him. They're going to be blitzing five guys, six guys, maybe even seven guys. Now, again, they've struggled getting home. 
So those blitzes, in theory, have not worked as well as they should have. But if Gardner Minshew can just stand in the pocket and stand tough, you're going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups. And that's going to mean giving your guys a shot, like you said, and make a play. You could throw the ball up to Alec Pierce. You can even throw it short to Michael Pittman Jr. Let him break one tackle if the Buccaneers are blitzing. One broken tackle, it could be 80 yards to the house. So it is one of those situations where, again, if if you can't take advantage of what the Buccaneers' defensive weaknesses are in this game, there's no reason to believe you can against any other team right now on your schedule. And that's why if you're the Colts, you have to win this game. Now, look, anyway, any means necessary obviously is important, but you really have to win this game through the air. And with those blitzes, too, I mean, this could be another big game for, for Taylor in the passing game. We've seen him targeted more often. Uh, he's on pace, or he was at least a week ago uh, before the bye, uh, for a career high in receptions, even though he missed the first month of the season. Uh, that's how much he's being targeted. It's it's not a, a huge number because his, his career high is like 42 or something. Um, you know, It's not like he's ever been a major, major part, but he's more part of the passing game than he's ever been before. And I would say, you know, when you've got a team that's blitzing as much as this team is and not getting home, that outlet to Jonathan Taylor is a real weapon on Sunday. And we've seen what he can do uh, throughout his career. If you give him the ball in open space, uh, make those big plays, that could get things started too. And that can start opening up things downfield. Um, Because you hit a couple big plays to Taylor and they creep up a little bit. And now all of a sudden you've already got a bad secondary and you can start picking on them deeper uh, then it could be a breakout day for the offense, which I think is what you know the best case scenario is for, for Indianapolis on Sunday. Uh, but again, it, it all starts with Gardner. Can you go back to the guy he was in relief of of Anthony Richardson before he took over the starting role, you know, full time? I mean, since then we've seen poor decisions, we've seen too much hesitancy. Uh, you hate to use the word panic, but from the couch, that's what it looks like at times. Uh, he needs to be that that calm, cool, collected veteran quarterback. Uh, if he is, then I think their chances of, of making the playoffs go up significantly. And to another area to watch with specifically Gardner Mitchell, if you're able, if he's able to limit this area, you got to feel good about him going forward. That's turnovers, right? That's been one of the biggest bugaboos with him is when he's been slinging it. He's also been giving it away to the other team a ton. And the last two weeks, he's been more conservative. Now, that's led to more conservative offense for the Colts and not a lot of points being scored, but it's also cut down on his turnovers. But you look at the Buccaneers, the, the two things they do really well, taking the ball away and locking teams down in the red zone. They are one of the best teams in terms of turnover differential. They're plus six, so they're good at forcing turnovers. And again, Gardner Mitch, as we've seen when he's kind of unleashed, has been a little bit careless with the football. And also, too, the Buccaneers, you mentioned before, like they're one of the worst defenses between the 20s. But as soon as you get in that red zone, they lock down. They are the best red zone defense in the league. Obviously, right, a big part of this game is going to be, can you score touchdowns and not field goals? But also a big part of that is going to be, can you take care of the ball in the red zone? And that's one where the Colts have been one of the better red zone teams in all the NFL. And that's one where Gardner Minshew's decision-making, especially, is going to be a major key here. Can you not only get six when you're inside the 20, but can you also, if you're not going to get six, make sure you're at least putting points on the board and not having a bad turnover deep in Buccaneers territory that kills a drive and kills momentum? 
Absolutely. And I think this is a game on paper that could be a shootout. I mean, when, when you look at it, um, and, and Baker Mayfield is a very much a boomer bust type of quarterback, but he's the type of guy who can take advantage of, of the Colts struggle, struggles in, in secondary as well, uh, especially with Mike Evans out there. You know, they've got a chance to to go and, and make those big plays. So this could be the kind of game where finishing in the red zone is is the difference in the contest. You know, where the Colts don't finish drives and kick field goals and they get a couple the Bucks get a couple big plays from Mayfield, and that's the difference in, in the football game. Uh so again, I, I think Mayfield or well, Mayfield has to be on his game from a Tampa Bay standpoint for sure. But Minshew's gotta be on on his game. There is more on his shoulders this week than there has been probably in any game since he took over as the, the full-time guy. I'd agree with that. I, I'm with you on that. I think you're hundred percent right about that, especially when you look at the matchup and the weaknesses of that Buccaneers defense, this is going to be a Gardner game, which is why I feel like this game is really like, you can really make, I think sweeping judgments based on this, the Colts future for this season, based on if Gardner can play well and take advantage of a bad defense, or if he can't, it's like, well, this is like the easiest, this was your easiest matchup of the season of remaining to take advantage of and put big numbers up. If you can't do that, then I think you know, this team is in trouble. With that said about Baker, though, Boomer Bust, George, this feels like, on paper at least, a, a chance to get it right for this Colts defense and basically have a Saints do-over. Because if you look at how the Buccaneers offense is run. It is similar to New Orleans in that you do have a boomer bust quarterback. Like Derek Carr, I think is more consistent than, than Baker, but it is kind of one of those, like he can either play really well or he can play really poorly. You have two great weapons on the outside and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, just like the saints had in Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. You have a running back in Rashad white that I would say similar to Alvin Kamara is more dangerous out of the backfield than he is running the ball. Now, Kamara is way more effective running the ball than the Buccaneers are. The Buccaneers are the worst rushing offense in the league. So that's not a concern. Even without Grover Stewart, that should not be a concern or a big problem for this defense in terms of letting the Buccaneers run the ball down their throat. But it's like on paper, this is a very similar matchup to the one they got torched by a few weeks ago, where like you said, it was a get right game for New Orleans. Those three offensive weapons clicked and the Colts couldn't stop them and allowed 38 points. This is one of those games where it feels like this is your chance at a do-over. Like if you are truly as good defensively as we've seen in the last two games against the Panthers and the Patriots, you come out here and you shut down Mike Evans. You limit Rashad White. You don't allow Chris Godwin to kill you on third down and you get a do-over from that just awful performance in which they hung 38 points on you a few weeks ago at home. Yeah, absolutely. And we've been talking about offensively, Gardner Minshew is the key. I think defensively, I think the big thing we saw from them the last two weeks, the last two games they played, were takeaways. You know, they had big interceptions that obviously turned the game around against Carolina and big interceptions late that, that sealed the game against New England. Mayfield's going to give you those chances. I mean, he's very Jameis Winston-like in that sense. You know, he's either going to give you the the big play and it's going to be a touchdown for the Bucks. Or he's going to give you the opportunity to make plays on your side of the field as well. And I think from a defensive standpoint, the Colts have got to take advantage of that. This has got to be one of those games where they continue this this turnover streak that they've been on. You've seen Roddy Thomas take advantage, Julian Blackman take advantage. Uh, you know, maybe this is the, the week where Jalen Jones gets his first career interception. They need somebody like that to step up, I would say, minimum to – two picks if, if they want to win this football game. 
The magic, the George Burrow magic number, two INTs. Baker will give you opportunities. Get on the jugs machine this week, George, right? Put the turkey down. No mashed potatoes on Thursday. Let's get to the facility. Get the jugs machine out there and catch, you know, practice catching the ball with those hands. You know, DBs, right? There's a reason why they play DB and not receiver. Yep. No, that's right. Every time someone drops one, you hear that too. That's why he's a defensive back. The linebackers got into the act too, you know, so they, they absolutely have to be ready. Um, you know, getting pressure on him, I think is critical, but the Colts have done that pretty well most of the year. I mean, I think you feel pretty good about the defensive line, even without Grover Stewart, uh, its ability to get after the quarterback has been pretty good. Dio Dangbo's in a real hot streak right now, and we'll see if he can continue that. Uh, but I think they're going to be able to get pressure on Mayfield. Can they take advantage if he – and he will give them opportunities. Can they take advantage of that? I think that's the critical aspect of, of the game on, on the defense side. Uh, it'll be an interesting game, though, because I think you're right. There's a lot of similarities to the New Orleans game, which uh, was the last home game for this team. As far away as that is, it's the last time they played at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, and they've got to start winning games there. I mean, that's an obvious thing to say, but they're one and four at home this year. And you look at the fact that you're four and one on the road, if you were even, you know, slightly above 500 at home, be right in the thick of the number one seed race right now. They'd be seven and three. They just went three and two at home. So win those home games for the last seven are at home. You've got to start winning those home games. This is a winnable home game. Uh, I think it's critical, as you said, for a lot of reasons. I, I think in a long view, you know, the 10,000 foot view, Tampa Bay and Atlanta, it really doesn't matter what you do in those games. If you take care of business in the AFC games, but if you're looking at, the things the Colts need to do well over these final seven weeks, get some big plays in the passing game, continue to get turnovers on defense, win at home. All three of those things are going to be critical on Sunday. Two quick things here. Number one, the home record. You're hundred percent right. They got to go three and one here. Like if you are a playoff team, bare minimum three and one down the stretch of these four home games, they're all winnable. And like I said, it's inexcusable how bad they had been at home I was going to say going back to last year, but I mean, last year almost doesn't really count just because the second half of the year, how it was. But to your point, like you, if you're truly a playoff team, you go three and one at home against the likes of the Buccaneers, the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Texans. Three and one, no excuses. Number two, the other thing I'm watching George defensively is how Shaq Leonard bounces back. He had maybe arguably the worst game of his career mm -hmm. on uh, the last time we saw the Colts in Germany two weeks ago. We got torched. Missed tackles, out of position, slow. This is a game where, again, Baker's going to give you opportunities to make plays defensively to get takeaways. And for someone who's been upset about his role, who wants more time in the field, for the first time in a long time, Shaq's going to have to earn it. And this is a game where now you hope that, you know, the bye week gives him some rest, gets him back. He hopefully he's still stewing about that game. And he comes out with a man, you know, with a man on a, uh, with his hair on fire on Sunday, running around the field and causing havoc. That's a really good point. Uh, he struggled mightily in that last last time we saw him on the field. Uh, and, you know, he's got to get those splash plays. He's been talking about that himself. This is one of those games where it isn't just going to be third down. It feels like at times with Mayfield under quarterback, every down's third down in the way that, that he plays. So you've got to have – there's going to be opportunities on every down. Uh, and he's got – we haven't seen that from Shaq all year. There's not been one punch out. There's not been an interception. 
just hasn't been he's got a couple tackles for loss but that's it you know there's there's not been a sack none of these things this is the game absolutely for him to come out get one of those pick one of those categories get one of them force a fumble you know have a huge tackle for loss in a big situation you know a third down type type of situation where you get a big tackle for loss get a sack get an interception one of those things i think would would help him really get back on track with the defense in general that's what they've got to do this is this game's all about sacking baker mayfield getting the interceptions when the opportunity's there and putting the bucks behind the chains as as often as possible Absolutely. And this this is going to be a, a tremendous test of this defense, but also, again, a big test here for Gardner Mitchell in this offense. This is, I think, truly, George, a make or break game here for this Colts going forward. If you think they are a playoff team, like now I am back on board and saying they have to win this game on Sunday. And if they don't, I think even though it's an NFC game, you really feel like just matchup wise, you don't feel great about the going forward the rest of the season. If they win it, you're in the they're going in a step in the right direction here to getting one of those, I think really the only playoff spot right now up for grabs in the AFC, that seventh and final spot right now. And a lot of the teams ahead of you are on your schedule. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities for the Colts here to take advantage and really make their mark one way or another going forward here. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. But again, listen, make sure, appreciate you you checking us out here, whether it's on YouTube, Blue Horseshoe Podcast, or wherever you do get your podcasts. We have another one coming out this week as well. It's already out if you're listening, and that is uh, Behind Enemy Lines. We're uh, interviewing Scott Reynolds of Pewter Report. with a tremendous job covering the Buccaneers, kind of dive into some of these matchups here, preview this game. We'll also give you our game picks as well. That is in our other pod released early this week. So a little early happy Thanksgiving to everyone there as well. We'll talk to you on Sunday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.